Welcome to Teach Kids by Child Evangelism Fellowship, helping you teach truth to the kids in your life. I'm Lydia Kaiser, your host, and today we'll be talking to Esther Beasley. She is a local chapter director with CEF, whose ministry has been distinguished in the area of reaching children with especially challenging life circumstances. So because of that, the three-month Children's Ministries Institute, located here at CEF International Headquarters, has called Esther in to teach the module on children at risk. So we get to see her here at least a couple times a year. And I asked if she would come talk to us for a spontaneous interview. This is not scripted. It's just heart-to-heart. And we're so glad to have you, Esther. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and just to share a little bit about the ministry that is going on in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and describe your ministry there, what you do, um, and the children that you reach. Yeah, so Omaha is um, a really unique opportunity. It's very diverse, and we get a lot of different kinds of kids and backgrounds and cultures that are there. And so we are doing uh, CEF ministry both in the schools, in the community, in parks, Uh, working with a lot of different organizations to bring the gospel to children there. But specifically my heart, where I do a lot of the ministry, hands-on ministry to children, is in our inner city area. So Omaha, like I said, has a lot of different cultures represented um, in North Omaha. And so we have the unique opportunity to reach a lot of kids who have been involved in um, gangs or poverty and those types of situations where we're able to go into schools that... Um, One of the schools actually that we're working with has the most number of kids getting expelled and suspended. And so we're able to go right in there with the gospel and lead Bible clubs, teach kids about the hope and love found in Jesus. Oh, wow. I had no idea Omaha was like that. I don't know. I just pictured a cornfield, you know. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I need to visit. Yes, a lot of people, that's exactly what they think. They think when you come to Omaha, it's just going to be Nebraska. And Mm -hmm. everywhere else in Nebraska is pretty much like that. But Omaha is very different from the rest of the state and very urban. Wow, okay. So how long have you been there? I've lived in Omaha my entire life. So I grew up in um, North Omaha for eight years, and then my parents moved right outside of that area of town. But then when I um, got my own house, I actually moved into one of the worst neighborhoods in Omaha um, because I wanted to be minister to kids in my neighborhood and be in an area that was urban and diverse, because um, I think that's where Jesus would live if he was um, in Omaha. I think Jesus would live in North Omaha. And so that's where I moved, and I've loved both being involved in a church that has a heart for that area of the city, and then obviously with CEF being able to lead ministry just because I live in that area um, as my home. Wow, that is fantastic. And I'll never forget seeing the pictures of um, your friends and family coming and helping to remodel your front porch and make it a really nice, wide front porch, inviting for the kids Mm -hmm. to sit on the porch even so you can minister to them there. Yes. Yeah, that's where a lot of conversations happen. Um, Really, the the porch broke because some of the neighbor boys... We're trying to light fireworks on my porch when I wasn't home. Oh, no. Uh, and then within a couple of weeks, uh, I came home one day and was just completely surprised to see um, some of my family members and some of my ministry partners actually completely laying new for- floorboards. And she wrote scriptures on the boards that were going to be laid um, and prayed over my porch as it was getting built. 
uh, which was just amazing. And then they didn't even know that the week after was when I was having one of my CEF five-day clubs where we always have snack on the porch and conversations. And so it was rebuilt just in time um, for over 30 kids to come and have snack and learn about Jesus on my porch. Oh, fantastic. I I mean, that porch is truly a holy place. And uh, those kids will always remember that porch and the, the joy and, and the Jesus that they found there. That's so, prayer. yeah. And so, you know, ministry to kids doesn't always have to happen in church. And if we wait for people mm-hmm. to bring children into church, uh, we're not going to reach them. We've got to go where they are. So Esther is so inspiring to me um, how you've gone to actually live where they are and then um, have them on your porch. Mm-hmm. So um, tell me a little more about maybe any particular kids. I think one family just kind of comes to mind. They've been in my neighborhood for a while. And, you know, you have a lot of multi-generational households and grandmas mm-hmm. raising kids or um, the family that lived. They've since moved, but they lived right behind me uh, when I first moved in. And at any given time, there would be 11 kids at that home. I didn't quite understand how, how they were all related <laughs> Um, but there'd be different guys that would be there coming in and out. And so sometimes they would have kids that were there. But basically every single time I would pull into my driveway, these kids would just kind of come running from, there was a, there's a broken fence in my backyard um, that just was right up next to their yard. And so these kids would just come running over. And one little boy, all he wanted me to do was every time he'd come, we'd go in the living room and he would have a few kids books on the bottom bookshelf in my house. And he would just ask me to read to him. Oh, and it was wow. something so simple that his he didn't get to do in his home. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't know how to read. Uh, hadn't quite. He was five, I believe, at the time. But that's what he wanted to do. So we would sit on my front porch or on my couch and just read books. And he, he the, specifically the one book he always read about was this little raccoon that had trauma, trauma in his life. And so he was trying to deal with, you know, hard situations that were happening. But that was the book he always wanted me to read, and I think he just related with that, and it was a safe place. Um, so yeah, we didn't always talk about Jesus, but I think mm-hmm. just being able to read, and you you hear statistics about how that's one of the biggest things ki- people can do for their kids, parents can do for their kids, and there's so many kids that don't even have someone to read them, let alone um, teach them about Jesus. Um, another girl, she told me that I was the first nice white person she ever met. Oh my! And I was like, oh okay, and it was just like. Uh, you know, the fact that someone would just come and live and love people there was just, I mean, it just made me, gave me more of a fire Mm -hmm. for what I'm doing and how our city is so segregated and so many cities around the U.S. are so segregated. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to go and to live in a place where we're uncomfortable um, has just opened my eyes to a lot of different hurting and broken people. Right. We we just don't know what it feels like to be mm -hmm. in the minority most of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you are a chapter director. Mm -hmm. And so tell our listeners what that is like, um, where you are overseeing a particular CEF chapter in your area. Yes. So it's very busy. I'm thrilled to work with the two full-time staff members that I work with. You mean you don't get to just sit and read books to kids all the time? (laughs) No, that's just on my my own time, you know. so That's in your spare time, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. but CEF life is very, very busy, and we're constantly, you know, during the summer, it's crazy, and there's not a lot of routine because you're doing 
clubs that take place in the morning or the evening or afternoon. And so you just don't know, you know, we'll get a phone call and one of our teen teachers is sick. And so it's like, okay, there goes my evening. You know, I got to go teach or I've studied at red lights before trying to get to a club in time. (laughs) Don't recommend that. But um, but then there's also joys of the strategy and the vision casting, and I've just learned so much, and God has put people in my life to really help us think big picture, and where do we really want our ministry to be and to go, and so that's part of my role as well. That has been hard for me to adjust to not just, because I love just being with the kids. That's my heartbeat, mm-hmm. but then taking a step back and, and setting vision and trying to see, okay, we really need to be about training people because I can never go and lead clubs in all these places, but we can equip people. And so my role has kind of changed from dealing a lot with kids. I still do that. I still help in clubs. Um, But then to transitioning to really empowering people, empowering my staff um, with the tools that they need. And so a lot of different hats you wear, but it's a joy to be able to empower the church to really reach kids. I think that, you know, so many times someone is has a burden for children but then we put them in a position where they have to do administrative work Mm -hmm. and so that might not be a good fit and yet there might be people out there who have good administrative skills who could come help you Mm -hmm. and take care of some of those things so that you know we don't have to do like the number crunching and Mm -hmm. things like that Have, have you been able to build a team that helps you with those things? Yes. Actually, one of the ladies who's part-time, she's kind of our office administrator, but she has a degree in finance. And so she's great with Excel spreadsheets. And if you put me in front of an Excel spreadsheet, like I'm lost. And so it's amazing that sometimes we think that if we're going to do children's ministry, it has to be teaching kids. Uh Um, But all of us are called to reach the next generation. That's what God told people in the Old Testament, right? You have to reach the next generation or there will be a generation that's going to grow up that doesn't know the ways of the Lord. And so whether you have skills in, you know, being that enthusiastic person up front, or you're great at, you know, writing thank you notes or doing Excel spreadsheets, there's a place in children's ministry for you. And we need all people. And, and, and so often it ends up being those people who are really good with kids that do all the children's ministry and then all the details and those other really important projects that matter get left behind because people think that they can't do children's ministry because they're not good with kids. Right. I think a lot of people, we, we sit and think, well, am I called to work with children? Am I good with kids? And it really just needs to be a conviction mm-hmm. that we've got to reach the next generation rather than uh, am I good with kids? Right. And just ask God to use us because it's our responsibility to do that. Okay. So, and another point on this subject before we leave it is that all of us should learn how to be a little good with kids, you know, because, you know, I've thought about how Jesus said that we have to have a faith like a child in order to even come to him. And so if we never hang out with kids, we, we're missing out mm-hmm. on the heart of kids and the heart of Jesus for kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would encourage everyone, even if you don't feel like you're, say, good with kids, to do a little bit. Um, to, you know, stick your big toe in and, and then do some supportive work, but have a little bit of interaction. Absolutely. My pastor said something a while as we're trying to recruit. Um, I help with the children's ministry at my church. And so we're trying to recruit more team members. And he said something one time that was about basically when we work with kids, we get a difference. We see a, the heart of God in a different way. And I think we, we rob ourselves of that joy. I was just teaching in a school this week. And I just looked at the faces of the kids and I was just, my prayer when I laid on my pillow that night was that I would never lose 
the wonder that a child has when they're first encountering the gospel. So the girl told us when I asked, what the, what'd you learn that day? She said, I learned how to believe in Jesus. And she never heard that. And just like, I lose the, the awe of just mm, the gospel, yeah. the simplicity of the gospel. But when I get to teach it and I see kids experience it for the first time, it, it causes me to awe afresh at the gospel and what Jesus right. has done for me. And especially the Christmas story. Oh my goodness. We, you know, we've replaced in, in our culture, the Christmas story with something that is just so shallow and not even that great. And, you know, compared to the fact that the God of the universe put himself into a little baby body yeah. <laughs> and was born in a stable. And, and then as he grew up, he was a child and he can yeah. relate to you, to you as a child in every age that you are at. Uh, what a wonderful thing for a child to know mm-hmm. that God understands him or her because he was their age yeah. at some point. Yes. So, yeah, what good news that we want to be able to share with all the kids. Okay, so do you think that um, there was anything in particular in your life that led you toward working with with children? Yeah, there there has been. God is always so faithful to just kind of call people to where he's, he's you know, to, for me specifically to do children's ministry as a career. Um, and I think there's a couple, there's two stories I kind of think back on. Um, one was when I was in high school, I was volunteering with Child Evangelism Fellowship, doing a good news club in the public school in a needy area. At the same time, my brother had a gun accident and actually spent some time in jail. And so mm. I was going to visit him, seeing a world that I never thought I would ever see, you know, Christian family, good family, you know, but at the same time, I'm reaching kids who that's their reality all the time. Mm. And so here I was going in, visiting my brother, seeing kids in the visiting room, and that's just normal for them. And at that same time, I led a girl to the Lord. And after she accepted Christ, she said, she told me that her dad was in jail, her mom didn't want her, her grandma was on drugs. And like, she had no hope, but she made a decision for Christ that day. And seeing like the kids in that visiting room was flashing through my eyes because statistics tell us that if you have parents in jail, 70% of kids are going to go there themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but not this girl because she encountered Jesus. And it just changed the way I view kids from hard situations. Um, And then you were mentioning the Christmas story and that was the case in my own life. I remember um, teaching that story in a public school and I asked the kids, I mean, how many of you have heard the story of Jesus being born and none of them like the Christmas story, baby in the manger. I started to describe it. I can't imagine 17 kids there and only um, four of them had ever heard what the story of Jesus being born. And I remember walking out the school that day and God was like, this is what you're called to do. I didn't know in what fashion at the time, Mm -hmm. but we can't, the church can't let that, that be a reality for kids. So we're all called to try to fix it in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for, helping to give a little glimpse of that to our listeners because we all need to be reminded just how great the need is. Um, I was just hearing on the radio yesterday how that um, in a few months uh, our world is going to reach a population of 8 billion people. And so I did a little Googling as I thought, well, that means that, you know, as our population is exploding, that there's more children than adults. And so I did a little research and found out that even right now, 2.2 2 
billion of the Earth's population are children. And so that is 28% of the population, and that's going to keep creeping up as our population increases. So if we are not focused on reaching kids, we're we're not going to reach the world for Christ. That is where our focus needs to be. Yeah, definitely. So I thought that was really interesting. Such a biblical model, too, you know. If you see that in the Old Testament all the time, where Jesus commands people to teach children, to teach children, to teach children. And if you don't, then they're going to become like their fathers who forgot the Mm -hmm. ways of the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, when you reach a a child, you are reaching their entire life. Mm -hmm. Reach a child, reach a life, I think is a a slogan we should probably be talking about because um, they have their entire life ahead of them to uh, be... uh, active in the kingdom and growing and walking with Jesus. Whereas, um, you know, if they, I guess this, the statistic is if you reach age 19, your probability of coming to Christ drops to just 6%. Wow. So we've got to reach them early. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. They need it. So if you've been listening to this, um, to Esther and I talking about this and and the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, and you want to help out, I would encourage you to go to chapters.cefonline.com and find your nearest CEF chapter. Mm -hmm. Give them a call and say, hey, what are you guys up to? Um, How could I assist you? Yeah. And or just, you know, go to an event or two and and see where God might lead you to fit in. Yeah. I think all CEF chapters need volunteers. But they also just need people to pray and to, you know, give. And so even if you're not like, oh, I can't go and do an actual club, look them up. Get on their mailing list. Mm -hmm. um, Read their newsletter. You know, find out how you can be praying because we're all called to impact the next generation. It's a command of God throughout Scripture. And so, you know, figure out what it is that I can do. Um, Maybe I have a kid in my neighborhood. You know, whatever it is, find out a way that you can be involved in reaching children with the gospel. Yeah, and I know that your uh, state especially has a really vibrant Christian Youth in Action program for teenagers, and so I'm going to have you back to talk about that sometime. So it doesn't matter what stage in life you are or even what age, you can participate in Child Evangelism Fellowship and reaching the next generation. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Esther, for talking with us today. Thank you for having me. Teach Kids is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship.